I want to talk about a tweet I saw yesterday from New York Regional Police. It was the three Neville Lake kids. It's been two years since Marco Muzzo uh, drove his car into uh, their grandparents' car and killed uh, Grandpa and Harry and Millie and Daniel. So York Regional Police yesterday tweeted out, Harry, Millie, and Daniel will never had a choice when they were killed by a drunk driver two years ago today. You do. Hashtag no to one more. Or not one more, actually, is what the hashtag is. Um, so I didn't really want to touch on this yesterday because I, quite frankly, didn't want to do the same old, same old. And I thought, yeah, we could open up the lines. Are you seeing more people are, are drinking and driving or uh, drinking and driving's decreased? But I think uh, we have to talk about it today because I found out that Marco Muzzo, who was sentenced to 10 years in prison on four counts of impairment uh, causing death and two counts of impairment drive, uh, impaired driving causing bodily harm, is uh, has been moved into a minimum security facility now. And he will next month apply for unescorted temporary absence from prison. And so I wanted to get our legal expert on the show, AM640's legal expert, Lauren Honickman. He's also a partner with BTZ Law. Lauren, good to talk to you again, although the subject matter, it's a sad one. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, but it is uh, it is what it is. It's it's all part of our law. And um, he's applied. It's Everybody has to remember a couple of things. Like We're not a country where a judge would ever say, um, I'm sentencing you to 10 years of hard labor. Right? We don't have that type of thing. Once somebody gets sentenced, the uh, the assessment of that offender is done by the correctional facility or Corrections Canada, and they determine risk. They determine is this a minimum, medium, maximum security prisoner. They determine all sorts of things surrounding that. That's once they're sentenced. And so under the Corrections and Conditional uh, Release Act, there are different types of temporary absences from prison, and that's what it, this is. All right, so let's talk about what it is. What exactly, Lauren, is an unescorted temporary absence or a UTA? An unescorted temporary absence is a tie is is the type of uh, temporary absence where a person it's a release of limited duration. That's important, Kelly. The offender leaves the institution uh, if. And these are the big ifs. They don't just say, oh, I want to apply for this. They go, okay, great, you're going next week. I mean, they do a full assessment there. And one of the key things is, you know, obviously, is there any risk of reoffending? Do they present an undue risk to society? Also, the temporary absence has to fit in within the framework of the offender's correctional plan. So if this person is a maximum security risk, he or she is not going to be able to apply. Mm. They've determined he's a minimum security risk. They've obviously gone through the criteria. And so also he must have served a portion of their sentence to be able to apply for the UTA. And uh, and that's what it is. So he's Does it come with any other conditions, you know, beyond a time limit of how long, you know, you can leave from this hour to this hour? No, no. It's, it's sort of like we're giving you the... The, this incredible ability to leave this institution on a temporary basis. And, and remember, there, there is such a thing as an escorted temporary absence, and that's where somebody leaves the institution with an officer. He's, not, he's, he's got the unescorted uh, temporary absence, so it's basically you can leave here. Um, uh, you know, you, maybe you're going to leave on a Friday and you're going to be back on Sunday. Maybe we're going to give you 24 hours wow. or whatever it may be. Lauren, let me, you know, people are scratching their heads. You know, Marco Muzzo, he's in jail for 10 years uh, for four counts of impaired driving causing death. He killed four people. I mean, everybody knows that's a reality. He is now in jail for it. You know, is there any condition that would say he can't drink alcohol while he's out? I, 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 I would guess, and, I, you know, you'd have to take a look at it. That we, And, you know, we're not privy to that. 
but I would assume that that would be part of the condition. That, right. That certainly he would not be able to do that. He wouldn't be able to drive. I'm sure there's a whole gambit of conditions that, that he has to meet to be able to, to have this unbelievable privilege to be able to have this, uh, this temporary absence. And remember, it's all part, one of the things people have to understand, whether you agree with it or not, the philosophy behind it, Kelly, is that eventually that person is going to be back in society. And there is a theory and, a, and an argument, and again, some will disagree, that the more you integrate an inmate, somebody who has now gone to prison, back into society, the better they will be at the time when their sentence is completely up or when they're out on statutory parole. Listen, I want to ask you about that because, you know, there are people, you touched on it, and, and they'll say, Mark Amuzzo, oh, it's a, he's a privileged kid, comes from a rich family. This is more than just privilege because this day pass, this unescorted temporary absence, could actually serve a greater purpose beyond the change of scenery for Marco for the day or, you know, 24 hours. It has a chance to do, it has to do with the chance of parole. And I want you to explain that. Yeah, well, because down the road, he will be eligible for parole, uh, as every inmate is. And one of the things that the parole board will look at most certainly is, okay, so they, they look at his whole institutional life, how it was there, what he did while incarcerated, but also, obviously, how did he do on these unescorted day passes? So if he goes out on an unescorted day pass and he does something wrong or he breaches a condition or whatever, that's going to be on his record. That's not going to bode well for him down the road. And so, so obviously it's going to be a relevant, one of the many factors that the parole board can look at in the future when he is up for statutory, uh, for, for parole, uh, whether it's a statutory release or whether he applies for early parole. If you're just listening, joining to us, joining us now, Lauren Honigman is on the line. He's, of course, our uh, legal an- analyst here at AM640 and uh, also does some shows here and there when we... Uh, when we need him, and it's a, it's a pleasure to have him on the show because he knows so much about this. We're talking about Marco Muzzo and the fact that, you know, he's in jail for 10 years, but next month he has the opportunity to apply for unescorted temporary absences from prison. And, you know, Lauren, I want to ask you, he's been moved to a minimum security prison, we hear, facility. Will this right. also have an effect on that chance of parole? No, no, that, well, sh- certainly if, if, again, it all goes into what I said before, Kelly, about his entire life within the correctional system, what, whatever he is uh, classified as. And remember, that's the important word, classification. Mm-hmm. Every inmate who goes into a prison, whether it's a provincial prison, if you're serving two years or less, or a federal prison, if you're serving, serving two years or more, gets classified from a risk point of view. So obviously, he was classified. Maybe he started at a medium security, maybe maximum, and then he got reclassified. And correction officials say, in their wisdom, that he is now a minimum security risk from a correctional point of view. And so they moved him to a minimum security. And again, let's say he causes a problem, any inmate, that's part of his record. So everything becomes important down the road when, when it's time for parole, uh, uh, when that, uh, whether or not, again, whether it's he applies for it or whether it's he's up for it from a statutory release point of view. So when you're talking about the parole board, they don't care at the end of the day what kind of message this out, sends out to society about if you're drinking and driving. Well, of course, I mean, <laughs> that's... They're, I, they're just know, focused on how good no, he was I, in prison. Well, yeah, they've got their job to do. The parole board's job isn't to determine whether or not society doesn't like something or not. They're, they, they, they're 
they're bound by statute. They're bound by a responsibility that the law tells them what they have to do. And so every inmate, no matter what the offense is, Kelly, when you go and you're sentenced, you can then, you may be eligible for parole at some point. Uh, Just like somebody who has been convicted of first-degree murder, they're eligible for parole to apply for parole after 25 years. And at that time, you know, Paul Bernardo, we've been hearing about it. He's put it off. He's going to be eligible to apply for parole. Uh, And and everybody is, no matter who you are, no matter how uh, terrible that crime is, that doesn't mean you're going to get it. And the parole board will look at all those factors. And, And by the way, to answer your question, yes. They will look at the underlying offense as part of their determination as to whether or not somebody should be released. So what are the odds of Marco Muzzo getting an unescorted temporary absence? I I have absolutely no idea. I think I have a better chance of telling you what are the chances of the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. What are the chances of the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup this year? About three or four to one. See, I can do that immediately. I can right. do that immediately. But when it comes, I have no idea what his institutional life has been like. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why. I'm not trying to be trite about this. We have no idea what's gone on behind closed doors. We can assume he seems to be doing okay because he's been moved to a minimum security prison. Well, I appreciate your time, Lauren, and your expertise. And it's been a while, so it's nice to have you back yeah, on the show. Nice to talk to you. We'll talk soon. All right. Cheers. That is Lauren Honickman, of course, AM640 legal analyst and partner with BTZ Law.